Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Thanks, buddy. Hey, friends, how are you? You doing good? Please be seated. It's so wonderful to be here. Uh, great to have my beautiful wife, Valerie, here. And uh, she's not always... Uh, we travel mostly together, but she's not always with me when I'm here. And uh, thanks, Nath. Um, I, I got a sense tonight. Um, I, I was, I was, we were in a, in a car um, in Arkansas. You were in Arkansas, weren't you? Yeah. yeah um, not too far from there, maybe a couple of hours from there. And uh, I was with a, a worship pastor. And I got an inkling that he wasn't yet filled with the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and I said, tell me about your journey. I knew he'd come from a more kind of mainline uh, uh, you know, denomination. And uh, I said, tell me about your, your journey with the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and he said, well, my wife and I have just been talking about that recently, in fact. He said, I'm really open. And I said, well, you know, what's your experience with the Holy Spirit? Well, we've been praying about the fillness of the Holy Spirit and so forth. And I... I just felt a boldness rise up. We're literally driving to the airport, luggage in the back. And uh, I said, before we get out of the car, you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit speaking in other tongues. And he went, really? I said, absolutely. And, uh, and so we, it was like a 20-minute trip or something like that, uh, that we were traveling. And I just started to unpack just some of the power and the reality and some of the things we'd experienced in the Holy Spirit and how um, when you ask, just like when you are born again, um, you don't know what's on the other side of that prayer uh, for salvation. It's you pray it, you confess it out by faith. And, uh, and then you, you, you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. God, confession's a big deal to God. And, uh, and you'll be saved. And on the other side of that confession, you experience um, the, the dimension of, of God's cleansing and salvation and so forth. In the same way, I said, you ask for the fullness of the Holy Spirit uh, and you step out into your prayer language and you don't know what's going to happen on the other side. I said, part of your problem is you're waiting for the Holy Spirit to come and start wagging your tongue. I said, ain't going to happen. I said, all you're saying, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. How many people do you know who can speak two languages at once? At the same time, can't happen. I said, so come on, we're going to pray. And sure enough, he, he came through in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Tonight, I believe there are some here that you've been seeking the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And tonight, God's going to meet you and God's going to release a prayer language over your life and out of your life that's going to be absolutely powerful. Um, we love to do what we do. We, get very, we feel very blessed that we get to do it. And uh, frankly, partly, it's, it's what God's called us to. Uh, we do travel a lot. And, uh, but, uh, you know, there, I love doing it. I think we're gifted for it, but there's a lot of things I'm not gifted for. Like, for example, I, I, you know, I wanted to be like an Aussie blokey blokey kind of, you know, good with my hands. Ah, hopeless. Um, I remember once Valerie had her prize pottery. Some of you might have heard me uh, share this story before. And, uh, and, and rather than in the cupboard, I wanted somewhere to display this pottery for her. So I went down to, what's your big hardware story? What's the... I went down to our equivalent of that and I got some of these like how can you go wrong like like do it yourself but they're already made shelves and so I got a couple of shelves and I bunged them up in the kitchen and uh and carefully 
put Valerie's delicate pottery on the shelves. We had a thunderstorm once. Her mum was sitting under it and, uh, and, and there was a thunder crack and the shelves literally came out of the wall all over Valerie's mum. And uh, Valerie's mum has passed away now, not from that moment. Um, <laughs> But we, I, lo- I loved her mum. That wasn't, there was nothing strategic about that as far as the son-in-law at all. Um, but but, it, but it, it, it was, it sh- uh, look, no one told me you had to put the shelves into the studs inside the, 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 the sheeting, right? I just put them in there. Oh, sorry, guys. I'm, a, I'm, an, I'm an insult to the male species right there. <clears throat> there was another time our toaster blew up. I knew it blew up because flames came out of the side. And uh, I thought, how hard can this be? And so I took the, I obviously unplugged it. I took it off the, the side off the toaster, noticed that a couple of wires had just sheared through. And so I bared them back and reconnected them, put the, uh, you know, cleaned it up, of course, looked brand new, brand spanking new from the outside. My wife yelled from the other room, had a word of knowledge, I believe. She said, put some rubber-soled shoes on. Oh, yeah, all right. Okay, I will. And uh, as I plugged that thing in... Uh, 240 volts went straight through me and it threw me against the wall on the other side of the kitchen. As I sat there in a crumpled heap, realising that I hadn't yet entered attorney, I was still this side of it. Um, and uh, my heart's going 10 to a dozen. And so I thought, what do I do? And so I had a shower. As I'm in the shower, the Holy Spirit starts speaking to me. He turns up in the most inconvenient times sometimes, I find. And here's what he said. He said, that, 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 that electricity is like my power. He said, you, you take it for granted. He said, it's flowing through the walls, it's serving you with heat and, and, and air conditioning and kettles and all sorts of stuff. He said, sometimes it's good for you to get a zap just to remind you of the awesomeness of the power that flows therein. And I think God's just like that. And, and I, I just believe tonight that maybe you haven't had a touch from God for a while. And uh, I'm going to believe for exactly that. Um, the title of my message is apparently Ichabod. Apparently, Ichabod. I'll explain. Um, in, uh, in 1 Samuel chapter 4, um, we read the story of a baby that's born. And uh, the mother names this child Ichabod, which literally means the glory of the Lord has departed. Imagine going around, uh, Ichabod, Ichabod. You change your name to Icky, even that's not real good, right? And, uh, but uh, but the, the reason for that, this mother had lost her father, and had lost her, her husband and his brother in a tragic set of circumstances uh, that were the result of the Philistine armies that were always giving the, uh, the Israelites um, uh, curry. They were always hurting the Israelites, always showing up. And to the point where in this particular case, uh, a couple of raids later, 70 something thousand men dead, uh, that they stole the ark of God from the, from the, from the, uh, from the, the tent. And that was where their trouble started, I might add. Um, in fact, what happened was they put the ark of God where God dwelt in their own God, Dagon's temple. And, uh, and the next morning, Dagon's flat on his face. And, uh, you know, the ark of God, you can imagine... I didn't do it. And the next morning, he's on his face again and no arms, no, no, no hair, just a torso. And so they said, let's get, this, let's get this ark of God back. They sent the ark back on a new cart. But the point is this, there are times in your life and mine where the circumstances are apparently Ichabod. You feel like maybe the glory of God has departed from my life. You've got a sense in which... There's more than what I'm experiencing right now. 
I think as human beings, leaders or whatever, we have a natural tendency to settle down and get comfy. We have a natural tendency to just sit back and where we exhibited great steps of faith, where we were out there on the water and God came through for us and it was like, woohoo, we got this faith adventure going. After a while, we settle down to plodding step by step, line by line, just bumping along the bottom. I won't ask for a hand show right now. Um, but if you are honest, I'm sure that all of us could at some stage attest to the fact that it's apparently Ichabod. Like, where's the glory of God? Where's the things that I once yearned for? Some of us used to pray really big, bold, audacious prayers. And now our prayers have become more like subsistence prayers. Not big enough for God to even fit into. And, you know, I believe that God is wanting to stir us up uh, as, a, as a church Uh, Arena Church. I believe that though you have had an incredible season that's just gone. I mean, what an incredible demonstration of generosity. We, your pastor, put a 2020 vision out there. And and something like a hundred thousand pounds people promised to say, we want to see all that God has got and we're going to back it with our hip pocket as well. I think that's very, very exciting. But honestly, I believe that's just a seed a seed of what God's got in the future. First of all, you sowed a seed. You didn't sow a harvest, you sowed a seed. And you can expect from the seed that you sowed that that there's a harvest coming your way. I once had a business guy in our church, Faith Promise, a half a million dollars for our, for our building. We needed six and a half million, I think, at the time. Five, we needed 10, but five actually was, was what we ended up uh, coming in. And, uh, and he faith promised half a million dollars. Again, some of you, I've, I've shared this story before. And uh, at the time he was earning a good wage, maybe just over 100,000 a year. And uh, he was the first person in our church to earn net a million dollars a year, probably three years later. Now, now I say that, you say, whoa, I'm going to do that. I want a million. But my point is seed and harvest, seed and harvest. So I'm excited about the harvest coming to you. Paul said that. We're not, it's not about that we desperately need the money. You've got a very astute lead pastor who's, who's maximising the, the fruitfulness of all of the facilities that God has granted you. And so by God's grace, the church is in a strong position. So this ain't about, please, can we have the money? We're desperate. We've got to meet the budget. No, no, this, Paul said this is about what's going to be added to your account. So I'm excited about the harvest coming there. But I also have a sense in which with a couple of campuses right now, and, uh, and um, Ilkeston and, uh, and Mansfield. And I believe there's many others that God is wanting to prepare us for. And, uh, and there are some things right now that I believe I want to speak into um, that God is wanting to engage us with. Um, Moses had seen a whole lot that God had done. Um, he'd, he'd seen the 10, tri- 10 uh, plagues that had, that had actually decimated finally Pharaoh and, and the land of Egypt. He saw a, 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 a wall of water on either side of a sea that parted in their, or, in, in, enabling them to go over on dry ground. Back, back in the day, he, saw, he threw his rod on the ground, it became a snake, he picked it up by the tail, it became a stick again. Lots of party tricks Moses had seen. He'd seen the glory of God over and over and over again. And yet, in Exodus chapter 33, after seeing all of that, I love the hunger of the man. He says, God, please show me your glory. 
Show me your glory. In fact, he said, God, if you don't go up with us, I don't even want to go. Now, here's what God said. Interesting enough, rather than the glory being like a, a wafting cloud. Whoosh, the glory, the Shekinah. <laughs> I just like saying that. Shekinah. God makes it real clear. Let, let me give you a bit of a, a look at this. In, in, in Exodus chapter 33, um, God actually speaking to Moses, um, Moses says in verse 33, Therefore I pray, if I found grace in your sight, show me now your way that I might know that I might find grace in your sight and consider this nation as your people. And then God said, my presence will go with you and I'll give you rest. So, so God is His grace, His glory. He says, my presence. God, God describes that, but then it goes on. Gives us a, a more, more clarity. Uh, and, then, and then Moses said, if your presence does not go with us, don't bring us up here. I don't want to go, he says. And then he says, please show me your glory. And then God says, again, as if to describe what his glory was, he says, I will make all my goodness pass before you. So, so rather than just, you know, oh, the goodness of God, yeah, praise the Lord. Like when we're talking about the pure unadulterated, undiluted ocean and, and tidal wave of God's goodness bowling you and your family and everyone you know and love over. God says, you want to know my glory? It's about my presence and it's about my goodness. So get, let's get practical about this. It's about the, the overflow of the goodness of God and your conscious recognition of that in every moment. It's about the experiencing of the presence of God, which of course happens and occurs to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, there are times when, when, when for Israel, God appeared to be lifting his hand from them. You know, there's a situation in Judges chapter three, verses one to four, God says, I'm gonna leave some enemies in the land. And I'm sure Israel thought, God, what are you doing? You're taking us here and now you're leaving enemies. And he said, in order for you to learn to fight, there are some times when you feel like the presence of God is absent and God's teaching you to fight. God's teaching you strength in that regard. God's actually caused, growing you up, as it were. There's another time where Jonah, I'm sure, felt like the presence of God, Ichabod, had occurred for him. And of course, that was in disobedience to the mission. He was actually, God said, I want you to go. And frankly, I think many uh, in, the, in the church, particularly in the Western culture, are experiencing a Jonah type of existence because God said, go, and we decide to stay. God said, get missional and reach people. And we're wondering whether we can get to church on time. And, 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 and for those of us here that are leaders, it's incumbent upon us to lead by example in that regard. And I know I, I'm, I'm, I'm giving myself an uppercut here too. Because there are times, even though I'm, we're in different churches most weeks, and we try when we're with waiters and waitresses and on aeroplanes and so forth, when I say we try, we just ask the Holy Spirit to show us. But guess what? We are never closed for business as, pe- as the people of the book. God, that, that person next to you, you may be the only contact and connection that they ever had. I was with a young couple. Not so long ago, I think Christian uh, met them. 
uh, from, Ca- uh, from Canada, from Calgary. And uh, they planted a church there and, and uh, they, were, they, they were just doing an incredible job. They had about a, a 1,500 people in the church uh, after about six years. So in Canada, Calgary, that's a pretty good deal. Experienced church, if you want to look it up. Jonathan and Natasha um, Lambert. And, uh, and I was asking, I was saying, how's this work for you? you know, how many of you brought to church? And she kind of looked at you, 150? I said, no, no, I thought I got the question. She misunderstood. No, how many of you brought? And she said, well, all of our leaders are always on. She said, for me, we're leading by example. And so we've got 150. I said, how do you do that? She said, well, it's simple. I have a little invite card. I have a little wallet that folds out. Every time I use a credit card, I, every time. I said, every time? Every time. I, I give them an invite to church. I said, I said, what else do you do? She said, I just invite every single person that I meet to come and hear the gospel. Now, now, now to you and I, that's like shocking. But I'm wondering whether it actually should be shocking. I'm wondering whether that's closer to our normal existence in Christ than so often the way we settle back. You still love me? I'm challenged by this as well. This is a, this is a season for really ramping up. Now, I know that I'm, I'm bringing the challenge and I'm praying that God anoints it and gets it from here to here. I know there'll be a lot of you who'll do nothing with that. But I know there'll be some who'll say, this is, that's gonna, that word there is going to change my life. I want to be that person. I want to be that person that's always on mission. I don't want to be that comfy person that's so settled down with a, with a great church, great friends, uh, great facilities, great care ministry, great pastors, settle back rather than continuing to push through with all that God has got. In Genesis chapter 28, we read that Jacob, he's running from his brother Esau who wants to kill him. And, uh, and, and, you know, the consequences of his mistakes are right before his eyes. And he, has, he goes to sleep and has this dream. You can read it yourself um, as a Genesis 28. And he wakes up and, and says, whoa, he says, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God, the very gateway of heaven. The, 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 the Spirit of God was here all the time and I didn't even realise it. You see, he was at that time lost from grace. He didn't get the, he understand the grace of God. He was caught up in his own concerns. And you know, for those three things, sometimes it's God's teaching us to fight. But understand God wants to fight with us, not apart from us. For others of us, we're, we're, we're actually, we're engaged in just a Christianity that's quite different from the, the New Testament Christianity where Paul said, I'll become all things to all men, by all means I might win some. Um, and, and, and maybe there's that disobedience that to, to, to the mission. Because God loves it when we get out on the edge. When we get out on the edge and, and God has to show up. Uh, it's a powerful place to be. It really is. Come with me to Luke, if, you, if you've got a Bible there, Luke chapter 9. This is a great New Testament example of, uh, <coughs> of Jesus. Um, he, he, let, let me read you a couple of verses. It's about... Eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, James and John with him, went up onto a mountain to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed. His clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, rocked up in glorious splendour, talking with Jesus. What a trippy kind of situation that would have been. A couple of dudes come back from the dead, from the Old Testament. One symbolic of the law, the other symbolic of of all the prophets. And Jesus is there. Peter, James and John are like, what the... 
like just overcome by the whole situation. Um, and, they, and, and they spoke about, this is Moses and Elijah spoke about Jesus, but departure, which he was about to bring fulfilment to at Jerusalem. Peter and his companions were sleepy, but they quickly woke up. You can only imagine, right? That'll keep you awake right there. And they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. And as they were leaving Jesus, Peter said, um, <laughs> sorry, it says Peter didn't know what to say, so we decided to say something. Anyone can empathise with Peter there? You don't know what to say, so I'm going to say something, right? So Peter didn't know what to say. So instead he says, he says, Master, hey, it's pretty good for us to be here. Hey, Jesus, hey, I got an idea. I got an idea. Why don't we make one booth for you, one for Mo and one for Ellie, eh? And we'll just, we'll hang out here forever. And as he's speaking, God the Father in heaven boomed from heaven and interrupted him. What a bummer. You got interrupted by heaven. Such was the triviality and, the, and you're missing it so much that God the Father has to interrupt you. Whoa! Hope I wasn't out of line with the booth joke, God. And while they were still speaking, a cloud appeared and covered them and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. And a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son whom I have chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone. The disciple kept this to themselves and did not tell anyone at that time, what they had seen. The next day, when they came down from the mountain, everyone say, down from the mountain, a large crowd met them. This is a powerful little story of Jesus taking Peter, James, and John. I wonder what the other nine felt. Oh, not fair. We're all equal around here. That's not how Jesus treated them. It's okay to, for some leaders to have a different role, particularly proximity to, to, the, to the key leader. It's, it's just what Jesus does. We live in quite egalitarian cultures in Australia and, and the UK. And sometimes we don't like that. We just, you know, it's like everyone's equal. Of course, everyone's equal value, but people have different responsibilities and different functions. And so Jesus, took, wasn't the only time he did it, he took them away. He's like, Peter, James, John, you come with me because you're special. You nine, stay where you are. Now, I'm not saying he said it that way, but that was, that was the message and they had to be good with that. And I think we've got to be good, hold lightly to our position and tightly to our mission. It's not about prominence. It's not about um, who's who in the zoo. It's actually, come on, let's do the thing that God's called us to do. Peter, Jesus took them aside. There was this transfiguration. They glistened wider than any launderer could ever uh, get his garments. It says in one translation. And uh, this magnificent situation occurred. Now, theologically, that is a, is a, a really powerful picture here. Um, of, of, as I said before, Moses represents the law. Elijah represents the prophets. And Jesus represents the fulfilment of the law and the prophecy. And it's interesting, they were three there together. The cloud came and then they saw only Jesus. It's a great, great, great rendering for us that Jesus fulfills the law. And that Jesus is the fulfilment of all the prophecies that ever occurred. There's something powerful about that moment. But you know, I can, I can, I can empathise with Peter. It would have been nice to just stay there and bask in the glory. Bask in that moment. But that next, next couple of verses says, they went down from the mountain. 
I just think there's something powerful about practising the presence of God, about finding yourself in that sweet spot. See, just as a car is designed to run on fuel, you were designed to run on spirit power. The Bible talks about in the book of Ephesians, Paul's writing to the Ephesian church and he says, we can be filled with all the fullness of God. Uh, uh, Peter, when he's speaking about this very thing in one of his letters, says we were eyewitnesses of his majesty when we saw him on the holy mountain. I, I want to speak over you right now a fresh touch of the spirit of the living God. I want to speak over you now a fresh stirring and a yearning. You might say, well, you're the, you're the systems guy. You're the strategy guy. That's what I do. Yeah, I do do a lot of that. But I've come to learn that it's not the, the plans and the spiritual. It's not like the sacred and the secular. Uh, in fact, God says in 1 Chronicles chapter 28, as David was getting plans for the temple, he said all the plans that David had, they were by the Spirit. And so God gives us plans from heaven by His Spirit. Some of you are facing a dilemma right now in your, in your workplace. And God says, if you will just ask me, I'm going to give you more, more, more wisdom than you can poke a stick at. God, God wants to give you wisdom for every single situation. The presence of the living God is something so beautiful, so powerful. You were called to be, I mean, you're you're not a natural man having a temporary spiritual kind of encounter while here on earth. It's the other way around. You're a spiritual being. That's how God created you. You are an eternal being and we're having a temporary natural experience here on planet earth. I don't don't think you caught that. I don't think you caught that. You're You're not a natural man like fundamentally, having a temporary spiritual experience, God made you an eternal being that is most at home, bathing in the presence of the living God, experiencing the fullness of the overflow of God, praying in the Holy Spirit. Understanding that the presence of God is your garment. The presence of God is the, is the place for you to dwell. And out of that, you come back and go down the mountain. Out of the fullness of that, you go down the mountain because there's people to reach. There's situations to, to encounter. There's, there's miraculous things to engage. I just want to give you three things that I think, and I'm going to pray for people just for a fresh touch of the Spirit of God, and particularly for those. Maybe, maybe you've sought after it. And I don't want, there's no place for shyness here. Like, oh, you're maybe, I oh, will. Come on. I felt, I'm, 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 going to, I'm going to pray for you for the baptism of the Spirit. If you don't speak in other tongues, if you don't have a prayer language, yes, I'm not talking to the person next to you, I'm talking to you. And tonight we're going to do some business with God. Not going to embarrass you. Not going to, oh, what if I don't get it? And all those lies that the enemy will tell you. I believe God's going to come through for you tonight in Jesus' name. I actually haven't preached on the baptism of the Spirit for quite a while, to be quite honest. And I just really felt as we were talking today to to really, uh, this word was on my heart, but just to take it down that that road. Or maybe you say, you know what? 
I've, I've kind of, yeah, I've got a prayer language, but I've kind of presumed on it. It's like, you know, come on, let's, let's let it rip tonight. Let's, let's, let's see God open heaven over your life in something brand new. You, you are a spiritual being. Let me say it again. And you're having a, nat, a, a temporary natural experience here on planet Earth. Get comfortable flowing in the Holy Spirit. Get comfortable enjoying the glory and the presence of the living God. The, 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 the river of God's goodness, the river of His presence, the basking in the Spirit of Almighty God. They came down from the mountain. Number one, here's what I believe that God is wanting to remind us of. They came down from the mountain and there was this demoniac there. And Jesus and the disciples, they had to make a choice. Do they pretend they weren't on the mountain? They pretend they didn't get the glory and come down with that? Or did they activate the miraculous? And I actually believe this next season, you're going to see an outbreak of some miracles like you've been believing for that you haven't seen yet. You're going to see an outbreak, not, not, not Pastor Christian laying hands on some people up the front and them healed and you can go, oh, praise, that's our pastor. No, no, this is a body ministry. This is a body ministry. The miracle, the, the gift of healings is a, is a ministry severally distributed among the saints. We're all filled with, the, those that are filled with the Holy Spirit can lay hands on the sick and, and believe that they will recover. Activate the miraculous. Activate miracles in and through your life. You don't even have to strive about it. It's not like, oh God, okay, I'll try. It's a natural outflow of the presence of the living God. Where the, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. God's presence brings healing. That name of Jesus is above every other name. And at that name of Jesus, every sickness has got to bow. Every tongue has got to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. Everyone say, activate miracles. Come on, one more time with feelings. Activate miracles. That's what our portion is. Because you are a spiritual being, an eternal being, and you're having a temporary natural experience here on planet Earth. Secondly, bring friends. I'm actually believing that over this next season, the bringing culture at Arena will go to a whole nother level. Uh, I had a look at some, as I do when I'm here, I had a look at some, some stats and I know we're, we're family here. Let me just have a chat to you. We did some comparisons. There's some, so many great things going on. Like I said, the finances, there's more small groups than ever before. Sunday attendances are strong. It's really great. But here's the little, little stat that I noticed. I've noticed, this little stat told me, we've become a bit comfy. You say, what do you mean? What did what, you look at? I looked at the number of guests that have been brought along and it's less than last year. So that says to me, we've become a little bit comfy. And I, and I, I want to believe with you and I believe by the Spirit of God that God is going to, going to catapult you into a whole new dimension of a missional heart that will actually translate practically in you praying specifically for a bunch of people. There are those of you, those of you with a gift of an evangelist on your life 
And I, I want to I honour you. I want to I validate you. You're the kind of people that you sneeze and people come to church with you. You walk past them, oh, what must I do to be saved? There are those others of you that it's going to be a little more of an effort, but doesn't mean that it's not yours to do. You don't have to have the gift of an evangelist to invite someone to church. That's an every believer thing. Everyone say, activate miracles. Bring friends. Activate miracles. Bring friends. Because that's part of our missional context. That's what God is wanting from us. I love what happened. Jesus actually prayed for this young fella that had been a demoniac and, uh, and obviously would have had an incredible impact on his life. And then he, he connected him back with his father. I mean, what a, what a joyous day that would have been for that dad, hey? What a joyous day as his son that had been tormented by demonic influences gets, gets handed back. Jesus was a great connector. Jesus was a great connector. And, uh, you know, for you and I, I just think, I think it's, it's it, this next season, yep, it's about activating miracles. And I'm going to pray over you about that. Secondly, excuse me, secondly, it's, it's about bringing friends. And, and that means we lead here by example. People will follow your lead. And like I said, there are those of you that that one's gone through to the keeper. And, and you're thinking, oh, you, you were talking to someone else. No, 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 I was talking to you. And, and, and not in, a, not in a, a, a condemnatory way, not in a uh, crack the whip kind of way, but it's, it's the mission of the gospel. And we just, and it's so easy, it's so subtle. The enemy does it in little increments. We're, not that you're not doing good stuff, you might be doing a lot of good stuff, but that's the best stuff. That's why Jesus came. And if we've departed from that stuff, we've, been de- we've departed from the wrong stuff. So I just want to stir up that hunger again to see lost people stir up that prayer life again. You once cried out for people close to you and right now you stopped praying for them because you didn't see it happen. By the, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I pray for the stirring up again of that passion for lost friends who are currently headed for a lost eternity to come back into a relationship with Jesus. I believe God's doing something. I believe God wants us to activate the miraculous. I believe He wants us to bring friends. And I believe He wants us to connect all people. And again, if I can speak to you as those, many of you are leaders here in the house, um, it's time. You're on deck on Sundays. You're already doing an amazing job. Can I just uh, just really get our radar up there? Who are we connecting with? So easy to talk to our mates on the weekend. And I believe that, did I, did I say this, that you are a spirit being, you're an eternal being, you're having a temporary natural experience. And so you flow most when you're full of the Holy Spirit. Why don't you stand? Why don't you stand? <clears throat> Thanks, Dave. Don't you reach, your, reach out to heaven right now. Just, just lift your hands to God. <clears throat> Holy Spirit, I thank you. You are here right now. Right now. Your presence is here right now. 
And Lord, I, I pray that you would activate the miraculous in us and through us. Just put your hands down for a minute. If, you, if someone here, if you've got a headache or you've got pain in your body right now, if you've got your headache or there's pain in your body right now, I want to pray for you and see God bring healing to that right now. Who's that person? You've got pain in your body. Come on, Jono. <clears throat> Just come forward. Come forward. Come on. You want to come forward? Come pray for you. Just lift your hands to heaven. Put your hand toward them. Holy Spirit's on them right now. Holy Spirit's, wow. The Holy Spirit's right all over you right now. From the crown of his head right through him, bring healing in Jesus' name. Spirit of the living God, come bring your healing touch. That name of Jesus that's above every other name, fill him right now. Fill him right now. Spirit of God, fill him right now. In Jesus' name, be healed. Be healed.